Well, good morning, Vintage Faith family. Once again, I get to be with you as we close out this three-part series of messages called The Simple Gospel, where we're looking at a couple of verses from Acts chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, to try to scrape away some of the clutter that has uh, been piled onto our understanding of this amazing gospel that we've been uh, ushered into or escorted into through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, um, there is such power in the simplicity of the gospel. And that's what makes it such good news. And so I've been just delighted to have been given the opportunity to uh, make our way through this study. I've uh, already introduced you, as I said a minute ago, to our foundational scriptures for this series found in Acts 3. But if you could turn there, I've asked you to highlight or, or bookmark them. And whether you have or not, please get yourself there on your, on your, in your Bible or on your Bible app because these uh, two verses are, are so precious for our understanding of what the gospel really is. I'm going to read those in a minute. We'll put them on the screen in case you don't have a Bible with you. Uh, but it's good to be able to follow along and know where these verses are. They're like a treasure you want to make sure you know how to get to when you need them. So we'll turn again. Uh, Acts chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. Here we go. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. And remember, this verse just profoundly reminds us that all the work that needed to be done to secure our right relationship with God has been done. Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished because it was. He fulfilled every detail of the plan of redemption that our Heavenly Father set in, moment, set in motion from the moment sin entered the picture. God was never willing to allow us to be separated ultimately from him. And so he set about rescuing us. And Jesus fulfilled that plan. Verse 19 says, Repent therefore, because of uh, what we read in verse 18, because that is so, repent therefore, and be converted that your sins be, may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And uh, I, I had you enter, engage in this little exercise, some of you, uh, when we were in person, um, and I'm going to invite you to do it again now, that when it says the the season or describes the season or times of refreshing that that phrase in the original language means to catch your breath you know it's 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 the what happens when you take a deep breath and exhale and i'm going to ask you to do that with me right now let's just breathe really deeply and then exhale slowly and it's that amazing thing that happens in split seconds there where you take in a, a big gulp of oxygen and for that moment, all of the stresses and frustrations and cares and concerns and busyness of life kind of 
evaporate. And for that moment, we get a taste of what heaven is like, what, what, what being with Jesus is meant to be like, because that's what heaven is, being with Jesus. And this verse tells us that God wants that to be our life. He wants us to experience that refreshing, that catch-your-breath sensation as the way we live. And he says that the way that that comes about, the benefits of what Jesus has done, the benefits of the gospel reach us, uh, cause this season of refreshing to happen by three responses from us. Jesus did the work, but we uh, appropriate, we live in and experience the result of that, the benefit of that, when three things happen, when we respond in three ways. The first, it says, when we repent, then it says when we're converted, and then it says when we uh, receive uh, or uh, experience the full measure of, the, of what Christ has done in forgiving us. And I've said that I'm, I'm kind of reshaping those, uh, those concepts with three words for this series. The first is repent, and that, excuse me, the, the repent I'm replacing with the word rethink. And then instead of be converted, I'm using return. And then I'm talking about the word, or using the word receive to talk about what we do with regard to the forgiveness of Jesus. Those three things, would you repeat them after me? Rethink, return, and receive. Those are the three responses from us that allow the full benefit of what Jesus has completed to reach us so that we experience times of refreshing from the very presence of God. We've talked about the first two, uh, rethink and return today. We're going to deal with the third, receive the full measure of Christ's forgiveness. It reminds me of, uh, as we have making, been making our way through this study, I, I've been tracking with the story of the prodigal son that Jesus told. It's such an amazing parable. And, it, and it, this last one of the three, receive, reminds me of the moment when the son returns to the father. And he has decided that he's going to go home because even there the, the servants are taken care of, better care of than what he's been experiencing as a, 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 a you know, taking care of the pigs and, and hungry and finding attractive the slop that they, that they eat. He says to himself, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home because even the servants in my father's house have a better time of it than I have right now, or I've been having and so he's prepared to take a role in the father's house far less than a son. And when he arrives at the father, or at, the, at home, and greets, the father greets him, actually, runs to greet him, which, by the way, that's, I could preach a message on that, too, that the father, the only way that that happens is, is if the father never gave up looking for him, waiting for him. What a picture of our God. But anyway, when the father greets him, they, then they have this reuniting, this reunion. He's prepared to become a servant. But the father um, immediately calls 
for a robe, a ring, sandals for his feet, a celebration to be had. And then he says, before this, my son who was lost is now found. The father was unwilling to leave him in any state other than full sonship. We have an opportunity to receive that kind of forgiveness, to receive that kind of forgiveness. I think a lot of us, especially those of us who are, consider ourselves Christians and have been walking with the Lord for some time, we understand what it means to, to receive forgiveness. But you know, there's a way to kind of marginally or topically or shallowly receive the forgiveness of God, but God wants us to experience the full measure of the forgiveness of Christ. And that's what we want to explore today. It's kind of like a, a football uh, receiver. You know, when, when you uh, play the game of football, they tell you if you're going to be uh, receiving the ball, you know, when it's thrown from the quarterback, you have to make sure that you receive it all the way in before you start to run. Otherwise, somebody's going to come along and knock the ball out of your hands. We've all seen that happen. So you receive it all the way in. So that's locked in. Then you move forward. And there's something about that that uh, we all need to catch with regard to the forgiveness of Jesus. This is so deep and so amazing. We can't afford to have just a, a shallow understanding of the forgiveness of Jesus. The gospel demands that we fully receive it, that we receive it all the way in because that's what makes the difference in our lives. And so in verse 19 of Acts chapter 3 that we just read, it talks about how we can have the, our sins blotted out. And the Greek word behind that, that, that our sins blotted out, is, uh, we find that in another place I'd like to have you turn with me now. And that's sec, uh, excuse me, Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Colossians is a little tiny book way back in the New Testament. If you're using a paper Bible and you don't know where the heck Colossians is, there's this great thing at the front of the Bible called the index, and it'll help you, or table of contents, excuse me, and it'll help you get there. Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to read two verses here, verses 13 and 14, and learn a whole lot about what it means to receive all the way in the amazing forgiveness of God. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. And let me just stop there for a minute. Now, this is... A letter that the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of believers in the city of Colossae. That's why it's called Colossians. So this is a letter. He's not writing a letter to corpses. So when it says you being dead, he's not talking about people who have stopped breathing. He's talking about the kind of de spiritual death that every human being has experienced. There's more than one way to die. And he's describing that death that is, is an eternal 
condition of our souls when we are separated from God by our sins. And he, he describes the, the, how that comes to pass when he says, you're dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. Well, what are trespasses? I think all of us are familiar with uh, that word, trespassing, even though we, we don't use it a lot in common language, we've all seen signs that say no trespassing. I remember when I was a kid, and I was probably, um, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old, I had a friend who lived out in the country, and they had a mile square piece of property. And I loved going out there because they'd let us drive. I was 10 or 12 years old, and I got to drive a Jeep by myself all around the, the property. But one day, my friend and I were target shooting. We had some 22 caliber rifles and we'd set up maybe a hundred yards away from us some targets against a little mound of uh, dirt. And so we're out there shooting and all of a sudden now in my memory, you know, I remember I was a kid and so your memory is a little, you know, things seem to be more dramatic than they probably were. But in my memory, it seemed like the Marines had landed. All of a sudden, all these trucks pull into the to my friend's uh, property, and they're gonna, some guys get out, you know, with, with their own guns, and they're dressed in camo, and they're, they, I think they're gonna kill us all and take my, my uh, friend's father prisoner. They're so mad, and we turned out, turned out the reason why they were so mad and so, uh, you know, ready to just chop our heads off was because they had trespassed onto my friend's posted property and were hunting out there. We couldn't see them because it was so, they were so far away. But our little target shooting was pinning them down and they feared for their lives. Every time we trespass the posted boundaries of what God has established as the way of right living, we are in trouble. We are in jeopardy. God is not, he's not uh, trying to squeeze our lives into this, you know, small, confined space with all of his rules and regulations. He's trying to help us live freely, fully in the, in the glory of all that he uh, has prepared for us. And so every time we cross those boundaries where he has marked them and said, don't go there, there's danger there. Every time we press through that, yeah, we, we regret it. We find out that it's not where we belong. And so, so Paul here writing to the Colossians says, I'm talking to you who are dead uh, spiritually because you've trespassed. Now, all of us are there. All of us know what that's like. We've all trespassed. But then he goes on to say, and you're there because of the uncircumcision of your fle uh, flesh. And let me just, you know, say what's obvious. Uh, Talking about circumcision in a mixed company is not a comfortable thing. So, I, but I didn't write that. It's in the Bible, but it's clear if you read the context. He's not talking about uh, the cutting away of the foreskin of a young boy. He's talking about the uh, cutting away or the removing or the restraining of the tendencies of the flesh. He's talking about when we don't deal ruthlessly with the desires, lusts, and tendencies of our flesh life. Those desires that are contrary to God. Uh, we'll find ourselves uh, reaping the consequences, which is 
the condition we all find ourselves in is spiritual, spiritually dead. But he says that we have been made alive together with him, Jesus, having been forgiven all our trespasses. It goes on to say, having wiped out, and that's, that's that phrase uh, that we encountered in Acts 3.19, blotted out. It says there here in uh, Colossians 2.14, it says wiped out. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Let's just uh, focus in on there for a little bit, and then I'll let you go. Jesus has wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. You know, if, if I'd have thought about it, I'd uh, asked uh, Hillary Walsh to bring her whiteboard here. I borrowed it from her a few days ago, and, I, and the reason I didn't do it today was because I felt so bad it's in such pristine condition I would have messed it up. But let's just pretend I have a whiteboard here, and uh, I wrote on it, all your sins. You know, I just put, wrote, wrote them down. All your sins. Well, let's, let's do it. I would write down all my sins. I'll leave you out of this. I wrote down all my sins. It'd be an ugly mess on that whiteboard. This verse tells us that Jesus forgave us. He has forgiven us. That mean, and, and, he, and it literally uses this phrase, wiped out or blotted out, which means... To wipe it out, to, to, to erase it. You know, if you've ever used one of those whiteboards and you use one of those dry erase markers, you can come with an eraser that they're specially designed and you can clean the whole mess up. And then, you know, if you've ever done that, you know, sometimes it leaves some, some of the stuff on there. You get that spray, you, you know, spray on there and you wipe it pristine, clean. That's what Jesus has done. For us, he's cleansed away all our sin. He's wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. But you know, the Colossians, when they heard this, they would have understood it a little differently. Because the handwriting of requirements that was against us, the handwriting of requirements, that refers to a very specific thing, a certificate of debt. Now, I, don't, I hope you can see this. I don't know if you can or not. This is a certificate of debt. It's the mortgage on a condominium that Sue and I own and we had bought for my mother and my, who was raising my nephew to live in. I hate this thing. It always constantly reminds me of what I owe. So this is a certificate of debt. It reminds us, it records, I have, there's signatures on here where I said, yeah, I owe you all this money. And that's what's being referred to here. But it says here that in forgiving us, Jesus has wiped out their certificate of debt. Now, I'm hoping that you can see this, but I have here a copy of my mortgage that's been stamped, canceled, paid. 
Ooh, hallelujah. When I got this in the mail, I did a little happy dance. All that weight of obligation came off my life. Oh, my goodness. How much more, dear one? How much more, dear one, should every day we live be a day of happy dances when we realize Jesus has wiped out the debt I owe for my sin? You know that the Bible says the God who knows everything that can be known has decided not to know my sin. He's decided to forget my sin. Uh, Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will re not remember your sins. Isaiah 44, 22 says, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions, and like a cloud your sins. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Then he adds, uh, Hebrews 10, 17, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Whew. Isn't that amazing? Oh, thank you, Jesus. It says that this handwriting of requirements was against us. That, that means it was our, our uh, it was in our way, it was an obstacle. It's like a, like a defender in a, in a sporting event. You know, if you're playing basketball and, and you're, you're on offense, you have the ball and you're headed for the hoop, you have defenders that are trying to keep you from that. They're in your face, they got their hands up, they're trying to make sure you can't accomplish what you're trying to do. It says that this debt, this debt of sin, this certificate of debt of what I owe for my rebellion against God was a hindrance, an obstacle to me. It was like a defender always in my face, always reminding me of how, how wicked I've been. But it's gone. It's gone that obstacle has been relieved. And not just, get this, the Bible, this bends my brain, but the Bible says that it's not just that God has forgiven us in Christ for everything we have done. It says that he has forgiven me for what I have done, for what I will do, it's all, it does no longer it no longer has any bearing on my life. Sin has no longer any way to be an obstacle between me and my Father in heaven and the will and plans that he has for my life. That doesn't mean I'm not going to screw up. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm not going to sin, but, but my, my failures and my sin have already been cleansed. There will never be another day that Jesus has to die on the cross. He covered it all. Whew. Hallelujah. Now, it goes on, it says, He has taken it out of the way, nailing it. He has, having nailed it to the cross. Now, 
God is both gracious and just. We don't know how to be both. We're either gracious and merciful and I forgive you and, you know, don't worry about it, or we're just, you owe me, dude. You know, we, we, we don't know how to be both. God is both. He is, has, as we've already talked about, amazing grace that he extends towards us, but he is also just. That means that it wasn't enough for God to just say, oh, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about your sin anymore. We're done with that. I forgive you. He had to make sure that the price the, the, it was, that was the cost uh, was paid. The price for the sin was paid. And he paid it, having nailed it to the cross. He bore my sin and yours. He hung on that cross carrying the weight of the sin of the whole world so that he could pay it all. You know, my, we have seven grandkids and all of them, except for the oldest now, she's, she's uh, graduated from high school this, this past uh, spring. And so she no longer plays with Legos. But all the other kids, they really dig Legos. And so, and those things are expensive. But um, we, we uh, typically, you know, for birthdays, Christmases, and sometimes for just what the heck, we, we give the kids uh, Lego sets. And I remember one time I, we gave uh, one of our grandsons uh, Star Wars. I'm, I'm really into Star Wars, so forgive me. But anyway, we gave him a Star Wars a Lego set for his birthday. And, you know, he was delighted. His eyes lit up. And we don't give gifts, you know, for, for the response we get. But it, it is kind of cool, right, when they, when they dig what you get them. And so uh, he, he uh, asked for permission, and, and his parents gave it to him to go to his room and play with his Lego set. So after a little bit, I decided I'd sneak down the hall and just take a look in this room. He was there by himself on the floor, and he had all the Legos spread out, and he was already starting to build stuff. And I was just looking, and he didn't know I was there. And he was in that exquisite place of imagination, and you know, that most of us can't even remember what that's like, where he was in another galaxy, and he was flying a you know, an X-Wing Stie Fighter and the Millennium Falcon. And I just, I stood there and just watched that. I was grateful that he could have that experience. But it reminded me of something. I was thinking when I was watching him there, what if some idiot interloper stuck his head in that room and said, hey, what are you doing? You can't play with that. You don't deserve that. You could never afford that. On your allowance, you could never afford That's not yours. Stop what you're doing. Let me tell you, I would have been at my most ferocious, and I'm a pretty mild-mannered guy, but I would have risen up in that moment and said, who do you think you are? I paid for that, and I've got the receipt in my pocket. You leave my grandson alone. But you know what? There are so many of us who are, we live our lives this 
close to the full measure of the forgiveness of God that he wants us to hold deep and tight and in our souls. We come this close, but then that lying serpent, Satan, says, you don't deserve that. You can't have that. You can't, could never afford that freedom. What do you think you're doing? You must bear the guilt and shame of this every day. But I'm going to tell you, there's a God in heaven who loves watching us play. And any time anything opposes that in our life, he's going to raise his voice and declare, I paid for that. I have the holes in my hands and feet and the place where they speared my side as the eternal proof that they get to be forgiven. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I thank you for your forgiveness that covers us so full, so thorough, so amazingly broad and deep. And I pray, Lord, for myself and for my friends who've joined me this morning that we will not continue to live our lives just short of what your forgiveness has purchased for us, but to play, to really fully experience all that you intended for life to be in Christ. And Lord, for those who are right this minute experiencing the tug of your spirit, drawing them into a relationship with you for the first time, I pray, God, that you'd meet them in this moment. I pray, Lord, for those who have known you and yet, like me, have spent a lot of our Christian life experiencing something less than full forgiveness. Lord, may that today change forever. May we live our lives from this moment forward differently because we've encountered your word that taught us about your forgiveness. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. And uh, if you uh, want to uh, let us know that you've followed Jesus today or, respond, or are responding to him in some way or get better acquainted with us here at VFF, just text the number on the screen.